0: It's time for America's most unique motorsports show. Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. Brought to you by Lucas Oil Products. It works.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer. Kirk Elliott producing the show today. And um, it's, a, a, it's kind of a sad day today. Our old friend uh, Dave Tyson... Uh, there's uh, rumors floating around that um, Dave was on our show here a couple weeks ago, uh, episode 220, I think it was. And uh, such a great guy. Uh, Dave had a, um, a, a stroke here recently in the last couple days. And uh, there, there's rumors flying around that um, Dave has passed away, but we haven't confirmed that yet to be honest with you. So we're waiting to hear confirmation um, about uh, Dave Tyson passing away. And we, we haven't got confirmation from that yet. So today is a sad day. As you know, Dave was sitting right here in Kirk's chair um, just a couple weeks ago, and we had him on the show. And uh, Dave is a, a really, really Great racing historian. Uh, when it comes to the Kansas City racing scene, he knows just about anything about the the local area and all the drivers that uh, that raced around this area in Kansas City. He he's a great ambassador to motorsports, and um, it's kind of a sad day. Again, we haven't got confirmation, but there's a lot of fodder on his facebook page that says that he has passed away and and again we haven't got confirmation on that or not but um i think today kirk dave was such a great guy wasn't he
2: oh he was just a tremendous guy and a wealth of information about racing in the kansas city area great Mm -hmm. friend and uh you know my prayers are going out to he and his family here and uh Dave, uh, you know, was suffering that stroke. I hope he can uh, pull through. And, you know, we uh, we read those uh, Facebook messages this morning. But, again, you know, I spoke with Ray Cunningham uh, last night. And then again this morning, he's not confirmed anything with the family yet. So until we get that kind of confirmation, we're not just going to come out and say it. But, you know, there's uh, posts all over the place on Facebook. And I certainly hope it's not true. Uh, well, and I hope he pulls through.
1: Um there there's a, a a new post up there on his Facebook page and it is with Dave Tyson and his son Charlie Tyson. And um so I I'm I'm as much as I hate to say it, I I I believe that there's some truth into his passing.
2: Yeah, when you see that on uh uh, Dave's Facebook page. It, there, there's uh, a
1: lot of fodder going on right yeah, now boy, on his oh, page. Uh, just a ton of it right now.
2: Yeah, we're just heartbroken over this, Scott. It, it's just kind of hard yeah. to do a show after right. After hearing that news this morning.
1: So uh, Kirk and I have decided today, um, originally we, we have Steve Post on today. But I think what we're going to do today, um, I think – in honor of Dave Tyson, again, who was in here on episode 220 with us, um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to replay that show today. Don't you think that would be a great honor to Dave, Kurt?
2: Yeah, I think so. It, it was a great show, and it was just two weeks ago, Scott. Right. I mean, just hard to hard to believe it.
1: And uh, Dave was always a, a huge supporter of the Racing Boys. He always... Uh, To be honest with you, Dave was attempting to get Kirk and I into the Central Auto Racing Boosters Hall of Fame. Uh, He's always supported Kirk and I. He was just a great guy. Just a great, great, great guy. And I think that's what we'll do today, Kirk. I think what we'll do is we'll just get right into it and play that show. What do you think? You want to do that?
2: Yeah, let's do it. And that way, hopefully, you know, we'll – You know, if there's any further information before the end of the show, we can come on at the end of this. But definitely, uh, definitely a show worth listening to.
1: If we get uh, confirmation between now and the end of the show, we'll definitely uh, put that out there and let you know if Dave has passed away. So, um, but it doesn't look good, to be honest with you. Not very good. So, this is the show that we did on, what was it, Kirk? This was uh, November...
2: November 17th. November
1: 17th, 2022, Dave Tyson joined us on Mostly Motorsports, and this is that show that we aired that day here on Mostly Motorsports. Uh, Today is a a special day. We're going to talk old-timers today. And we've brought in our friend Dave Tyson, who's going to be hanging out with us today, talking about his travels up and down the road um, with a lot of the legendary uh, sprint car drivers that have been going to Knoxville for a long, long time. And you've been all over the country, Dave. Uh, appreciate you coming in today, bud. How you doing?
3: I'm good, doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, how's things been going with you? Uh, pretty good. Yeah. Trying to... Keep the furnace running and...
1: Yeah. what The the furnace... Um, so, today is a very chilly day in Kansas City.
3: Yes, and I have an old 1915 home in the Harry S. Truman... 1915. Nas- 1915 in the Harry S. Truman National Historic District. Over in Independence. Yep, yeah. in Independence right off of the square. How close are you to the Truman House? I'm uh, less than a block from the Truman home, and when I was a little boy, Harry, I was on my house was on Harry Truman's walking path. Did you ever see Harry S. Truman? Did I see him? He would stop at my house, and I would run over, and he would shake my hand and say, "Good morning, young man. How are you today?" And my mom would come running out and <laughs> greet greet him as Mr. President. Right. Uh huh. And I went to his funeral, and we had neighbors that were friends of the Trumans, and would take them fruits and vegetables, in fruit baskets, and they would make visits to each other. Let Let, let me ask you this question, Dave. Did
1: back in those days, did they have a lot of security around
3: Harry S. Truman when he was walking around the neighborhood? Uh, yes and no. Um more so for Best Truman, especially after Harry passed. But Harry did not like it. And he had an old buddy of his who was a uh, his walking buddy, and they did some little drinking together and things like that, played cards. Yeah. And he had a security background, and he preferred him helping him out. And usually the... Secret Service would be tailing, you know, maybe a block away in a vehicle or something. But right. a lot of times, if he saw him, he didn't like it. Right. And uh, nobody, ever, nobody ever bothered Harry. And uh, a lot of times, he was just by himself. But, but, but he lived in the Truman House, though. He lived in the Truman Home, uh, yes, right up until his passing.
1: Oh, wow.
3: And they, they had a Secret Service house behind the Truman Home and across the street from the Truman home. Uh, What year did uh, Harry pass away? I believe it was 1972. 72 or 74, right in there. Uh, It's about the time Olympic Stadium shut down. 74, wasn't it? 74 was when Olympic Stadium shut down, yes. All right, so let's let's start
1: talking about uh, the history of uh, racing here in Kansas City. Because as we know... And, and this is going to be a little uh, driven about Kansas City today because just tell us about the history of Kansas City and the drivers and the people and some of the, the, the better-known drivers that came
3: out of the Kansas City area. Well, you had the main tracks of... Was the Weld family the... Oh, yeah, they yeah. were... Probably probably the predominant racing family in Kansas yeah. City.
1: Um, How well did you know the Weld family?
3: Uh, very well yeah um, you know most of the time I was a you know youth, but I did grow up with Jerry Weld's daughters Butch they called him butch Butch right? yeah. yes yeah and in fact his uh, his uh, widow still lives over near my mom. Uh-huh. And I drive by the I drive by the home uh, virtually every day. And Amy, I understand, is still living back back in with her mom. Do, do
1: you remember when Vernon Pittman sponsored um, Jerry back in the day? Well, I would
3: have known the car, but yeah. I I didn't it had know
1: a little time. moving van on top of his uh, Sprint yes. car. Do you remember that? Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if you know this, but my mom dated Vernon Pittman. Off and on for sixteen years.
3: Yes, I've heard you mention that. And,
1: and Vernon Pittman was very, very close to me. Um, in fact, I lived with Vernon Pittman back in the day. In the late seventies, I lived with him, and um, I I I moved a lot of furniture for Vernon back <laughs> in the day. Yeah. So, um, would you call the Weld family the? Would you call them the, the 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 royal family of racing here in Kansas City? Would
3: you say that? Yeah, I would have to say so. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Tell me a little bit about Pappy. Pappy was uh, very nice. Uh, both of him and his wife were very friendly. Uh, Pappy was quite serious working on the race car and being around that, but after the racing was over, he was very friendly uh not so
1: friendly during the races
3: though. Oh, he was he was very serious. Yeah. He he uh he wanted to win. Yeah. And he worked hard and sometimes he had really good drivers and sometimes, you know, he had you know more average mm-hmm. drivers, mm-hmm. especially later in his do, lifetime. Do, do you remember uh J.L. Cooper
1: driving some of uh of uh pappy's cars back in the day he he, he if i remember right jl cooper drove kind of their lesser cars didn't he yes yeah he, he Sup- didn't he super didn't he, duper. Did, he didn't get the he didn't get the top-notch rides no no super duper jl cooper jl cooper just so you know um in 92 and 93 when aj cooper decided to run asa if you remember that yes back in those days um i traveled with them me bill crane jerry cooper jl cooper and we all traveled around and, and went to a lot of the asa races back in the day i started out as a tire changer and then i ended up spotting for aj over a period of time there towards the end of it but um but JL Cooper he was a he's a good man and, and he wasn't one to mess with though <laughs> now you didn't want you didn't want to get in a scrap with JL Cooper because he he was a sheriff if you remember right
3: well i i seem to recall that now you know JL did did run up at Knoxville some too and JL had some su- some successes yeah um uh, now you know the story on the nicknames don't you mhm tell me Well, a lot of those came from Olympic Stadium and Fred Broski gave nicknames to drivers like Bill Curtis would go hand candy out to the kids. Well, suddenly he became Candyman Curtis and super duper JL Cooper, Fred Broski, the announcer and the former great weatherman here in Kansas City would uh, would give nicknames to the drivers. Fred Broski is one of the best, isn't he? Awesome, awesome. And he's done a lot for our Kansas City Auto Racing uh, Hall of Fame and Museum, yeah. the Carb Hall of Fame and Museum. So
1: do you have one of these books? I certainly do. Uh, and, and if you notice, the sunshine, the, the, the sun right there, that is that is a Fred Broski's um, signature right there, that sunshine.
3: I have a couple of those that Fred gave me. Yeah. And you wanted to know know something else. Uh, Fred has sold those and his book, and he's made contributions to our Hall of Fame and Museum. Yeah, Fred. Fred, a really good guy,
1: and uh, every time I run into him, he's such a he's such a,
3: a, a, a good guy, man. Uh, do you remember the day of Bowling for Dollars? Bowling for Dollars. One of the most popular shows, at least around Kansas City. It was, wasn't it? Hey, it was.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Everybody loved watching that. You know,
1: I. do you remember Mickey Finn? Uh, yes. Mickey Finn that owned the North Kansas City Bowling Alley? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So Been there a few times. Just so you know, my mom dated Mickey Finn. Okay. Back in the day. In fact, Mickey Finn was the love of my mom's life. She she always told me that that Mickey Finn was the love of her life.
3: Now I drove drove by there the other day. Wasn't that Finnegan's? Finnegan's Hall. Finnegan's Hall. It's yes. all shut down now. Isn't shut it? down. Yeah. It's just sitting there going to waste, isn't it? I met uh, I met uh, me and a buddy of mine went over to the last day of Smoking Guns Barbecue. Mm. And we drove right by there, and we discussed that a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, Mickey Finn, um, he, he was a supporter of carb because uh, uh, we did a lot of functions down there at the North King City Bowling Alley, didn't we? We did, yes. did the the uh, carb banquets, bullathon, bullathons. The the banquets, banquets were over at Finnegan's Hall. It, it was a great venue. For those events
3: and across the street would be the gathering and the uh the show for the uh the parade you know the car show which a lot of the racers brought their cars down and that was yeah. across in the parking lot across from uh, from finnegan's yeah the carbon. yeah they call
1: it the clyde ellis carbon now right yes yeah clyde ellis was a great supporter of uh local racing I, I, is, was there anybody else that you can think of that was in a category of Clyde Ellis when it came to giving back to the motorsports community? Because Clyde, he invested a lot of his own money, and at one time, Clyde told me he said he invested nearly a million dollars into Lakeside Speedway and never got a penny back out of it.
3: Yeah, I, I can't really think of any anybody right off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, but uh, he'll be missed. He, he is. Clyde Ellis was one of the great guys in
1: motorsports.
3: Oh, and like you say, he's done, done so much for the racing community and for so many people and organizations. Yeah, yeah. What, what about
1: um, some of the other drivers that that let me get let's get into some of the stories about who'd you travel with up and down the road? Did you travel
3: with Jerry when No. Uh, Oh now this is gonna bring bring some memories to you, but you yeah. know you know Marty Brighton. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well his dad was a very well known mechanic named Bones Brighton. And he was the main guy at Nance Speed Equipment when I met him and I was maybe fourteen years old and it was the first time Sammy Swindell came came up in this area and it was out at Topeka. Mm. And I'm out there in the afternoon, messing around on the track, checking the track out, the moisture and everything. And Bones Brighton comes over to me and got to talking with me. And a couple of years later, I ended up helping him out, just gopher-type mm. stuff. And he had Lee James. He was working for Lee James, the James gang, on the World of Outlaw Tour. Yeah. Uh Joe McCarthy, his, his little buddy from back in El Paso, who yeah. has, uh, ended up marrying uh, Gina DeCroce, uh, DeCroce Speed Shop out in Denver. Mm. And Joe is still out there, but uh, I, I helped Joe out. Uh, Bones also was the main mechanic, the loan mechanic for Kenny Schrader when Kenny had both his dirt late model right. stock car and his sprint car. And then Bones ended up going to Indianapolis, and he was a key member of the Gordon Johncock race team, and they won the 1982 Indy 500. Mm. And I was working, still helping out Joe McCarthy, and he was running quite a few World of Outlaw shows, and we were back at Eldora for the Eldora Nationals, Mm. and I believe Joe got eighth in that. And I hadn't seen Bones for a while, and he showed up, and he helped us out. And just in that short period of time, it was amazing the stuff that he learned that had adapted to sprint car technology. Because he had been to IndyCars for a couple of years. Mm. And he brought me a couple of photos of Gordon Johncock and the Indy 500 winning team there in 1982. And I have those in my room. You still do. I still do. Uh, One of them is the whole team, and one of them is uh, the car and Gordon there in front of the bricks.
1: Yeah. Who would you consider the best driver to come out of uh, the Kansas City area? Uh, Uh, Can you put your finger on one driver that stands out over
3: the rest? Yeah. Yes, I can. Yeah. Who would that be? Danny the Dude Lazoski. The Dude is the best. It's if you look at his stats and I've got a database. A gentleman up in Iowa has tracked everything he's ever done. Danny has done. All right. And I have that database. And it's impressive. Every race he's ever ran, all the wins, all the World of Outlaw wins, mm. World of Outlaw Championships, Knoxville National Championships, Knoxville National Point or Knoxville Raceway Point Championships. Um an IROC win. Right. Uh, Yeah, he he definitely
1: won an IROC race. Yeah, now you
3: you can you can put some drivers up there. Kenny Weld was as good as their, you know, he he was great. Right. And that was my dad's favorite driver. Him and Judd Larson. You gotta keep Judd Larson in there too. How about Ray Lee? Ray Lee was was great. Uh, we actually were very close with the good ones because Alice Ray Lee's wife was a schoolteacher. Yeah. My mom and dad were both schoolteachers. So they all hit it off. And I'd been to a couple of hospitals visiting Ray Lee, you know, uh, after bad wrecks that he had. One was down in Sedalia and one was at Knoxville.
1: Oh, wow. There, there were so many good drivers that uh, Virgil Chapman... Uh, Howard House uh, t- just talks about some of the other drivers that were were really talented drivers in this area.
3: Junior Howard, uh, oh my goodness, the Wel- Greg Weld. I mean, multiple Indy 500 uh, races he was involved with. Uh, USAC champion was Greg underestimated as a driver? You I, think? I don't think so. I I don't think he was. I think he's been given the the proper credit. Um who was the better of the of
1: the boys that the Weld Boys? Who was the best of the bunch?
3: Well I would say Kenny. I would say the best driver was Kenny. Yeah. And probably they would all say that. They said probably the the most well rounded was probably Jerry. Uh they said he was a mechanical whiz. He was a good driver, not a great driver, a mm-hmm. good driver. And they really offered a lot of praise for his ability to promote racing as a promoter. Yeah. Um Greg was just well rounded in, you know, a lot of racing. Yeah. Well, why don't we do this?
1: Let's take a break real quick and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit more about the history of uh racing in this this area. Um somebody brings up Steve just brought up Tiger Bob Williams. We'll talk about him in a little bit too sure as can. well. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about that and more right here on Mostly Motorsports. It's all brought to you by Lucas oil Products. It works. We'll be right back. Stay tuned.
0: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer.
1: Welcome back. It's Mostly Motorsports. Going down a little bit of memory lane today here on Mostly Motorsports. We've got Dave Tyson in here. Um, Dave, you've been uh, you've worked up at the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum, and uh, you know about the Corvette they're going to be giving away the 2023 Z06. Corvette with the Z07
3: package on it. That's a, a a beautiful car, isn't it? I've got some photos on my phone I took. Yeah. Yeah. You know where they where they staged that at? They're in the lobby. Right. You just walk up the stairs to the first landing and you can get you some great photos looking down on
1: it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah.
3: So, anyway, um they're going to give you
1: $25,000 in cash and they're going to be giving away this Corvette on August 19th, 2023. This This Corvette has all the whistles and bells. This is really a a race car on the street, folks. It's got 760 horsepower. It's a 5.5 LT6 V8 engine. Um, It goes from 0 to 60 in 2.6 seconds, and it's got an 8-speed automatic in it. It's got the larger uh, tires on it. It's got the big brakes on it. It's got the aero package on it. Again, this is the Z07 performance package. And, again, they're going to give you $25,000 on top of it to help pay for the taxes of this car. It's a beautiful car, folks. And if you'd like to register to have a chance to win this car, you can do it at winaz06corvette.com. That's winaz06corvette.com. And don't forget, the Sprint car, the 410 Sprint car that they're going to be giving away is just just about here. They're going to be giving that away on Friday, December 16th. That's this year, folks. And, um, again, they're going to give you $25,000 on top of the car to help pay for the taxes as well. You can uh, register to win this great, complete, race-ready 410 Sprint Car at SprintCarRaffle.com. That's SprintCarRaffle.com. If you're not comfortable giving your information, on a computer, which I know a lot of people are not, you could always give them a call at 641-842-6176. That's 641-842-6176 to have a chance to win this complete race-ready 410 sprint car, and they're going to be giving that away again on Friday, December 16th this year. So um, let's uh, let's start off talking about uh, Tiger Bob
3: Williams. Well... Uh, I've got an old friend of mine and may very well be listening right now, Sam Helmuth. Sam lives across the street from Tiger Bob. I went over to deliver something to Sam here recently and walked in and they said, Hey, he's back there in the patio. I went back there and there's Tiger Bob. And we proceeded to sit there and watch racing from Williams Grove. And a USAC race from somewhere, Indiana, I believe, Kokomo. And, yeah, and, uh, yeah Tiger Bob uh, is doing, doing well. Still getting around. Getting around. And he goes, to, he, he goes to a couple, two or three races. I know every year I see him. He, he likes Sedalia. And I see him down there. Uh, but, yeah, he's doing, doing pretty well. Uh, my mom did the write-up for Tiger Bob to get into the Knoxville Raceway Hall of Fame.
1: Oh, really? Wow.
3: Tiger Bob uh, talk about him as a driver. Well, outstanding driver. Um of course he lost his brother the one year at Topeka. Uh Kenny Williams and Tiger Bob had, was Kenny Williams a, a good race car driver? Yes, he was. Yeah, Tiger Bob would tell you he was probably better than him. Oh, really? Yes. And Kenny uh, lost his life out at Topeka at the state fairgrounds. Mm. And it was around the same time period uh, that uh, the late Jack Belk uh, was killed out there as well. May have been a year difference, but right in that time period, mm. um, Tiger Bob came back and raced, and I believe won two different point championships that year. But he dedicated all that to his brother. Oh, he did! And, oh, he looked really looked up to his brother. Mm. And was his brother older? I believe he was. He was. Yeah, not yeah. not too much, but yes, and. Uh, 1969, and you know the Jack, Jack Cunningham car. Right. Uh, probably one of the more successful years we've seen anybody around here race. And Tiger Bob would tell you that that was his best year he's ever had. Uh, oh, can't remember. It was 33. He, he won lots of of main events Mm -hmm. that year. I believe he won the Southwest championships down in Amarillo. Uh, He was, came close to winning the Knoxville nationals. You ever been to the racetrack in Amarillo? I've been to Amarillo, but not the racetrack, but I can tell you that I've got friends that have raced there and have got many stories about
1: Amarillo. Well, let me tell you a story about Amarillo. One time we were selling t-shirts there and we were selling a, a, a just a boatload of T-shirts before the races even started, before hot laps even. We we sold a gob of T-shirts, and then all of a sudden a storm rolled in, and it was a, a vicious storm, like tornado-type weather. And there was rumors that tornadoes were off a, a little ways away from Amarillo, and All we could do is just keep selling T-shirts, keep selling T-shirts, keep selling T-shirts. And then all of a sudden, the storm set in on us, and we had to shut up the T-shirt trailer. And let me tell you something. um, There was a barrel that blew across the, the infield and hit our truck and put a big old dent in our truck that night. And then we went up to the truck stop. And and the wind was blowing so hard it was straight line winds, and the hail was blowing through, you know where you where you go underneath a a canopy where you put your, your gas in. Yes. The wind was
3: blowing straight through the, like none other. It was it was a horrible night. Well, do you know? Uh, in fact, he lives right here in Gladstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know J.D. Cormack? Yep. Well, J.D.'s on our board for the Carb Hall of Fame and Museum. Right. Yep jd grew up down there and as a boy they would they would dig pits and the uh, tumbleweeds were so bad they didn't want them piling up on homes and then having a fire maybe a lightning strike or something oh yeah and they would bury they would dig these big pits and he would get paid for putting tumbleweeds in there and they would burn them Hmm. it was such a hazard Sam's listening
1: by the way, just so you know
3: oh hello sam he he, he put 46 on there forty six okay uh, Tiger Bob the wins i I thought it was in the forties. I couldn't remember i 33, 44 yeah so but that was uh, a and, and Tiger Bob would tell you that was by far his most successful season. He won uh, the i70 points championship he he just won a lot of races you know when i 70 opened up a lot of people don't remember that guys went
1: out there and raced with without roll cages, didn't they?
3: Yeah. Yeah. That... It,
1: just the thought of that, racing around that racetrack with without a roll cage over your head is just unbelievable to me.
3: Well, and that started out as pavement. Back then, too. Yeah. And course- I was there
1: on opening day in 1969 when it opened up. I was there, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if you remember, but my dad supplied the pace cars back in those days to I-70 Speedway and Lakeside Speedway. Mm-hmm. My dad ran a Dodge dealership. And uh, I've got pictures of the trophy, uh, the, the pace cars that he would supply to the racetracks back in those days.
3: And I was there... When the USAC sprint cars were there, and it was just such a horrible, horrible night where you had cars flying out of the track, and the great Lee Koonsman was badly burned there. Yeah. He spent like a year recovering from the burns. Did you go to I-70 much when you were young? Yes. Yeah. Went there there often. But
1: back in the day, Terry Bivens, Dave Wall, Freddie Whistler... Um, those guys racing around that racetrack, man, those were the good old days, weren't they?
3: Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, you know, and that's where you were able to get an appreciation for not just super modifieds or sprint cars, but all the classes and all the types of cars and uh, series that would come into I-70. Mm-hmm. It was a national, It was a nationally known track. I and mean, everybody talked about I-70. And, well, if you wrecked your car there, it was probably totaled. Yeah, you know, I raced there for about 15 years, and I never had to replace a front stub on my car. Well, I was there one night with a World of Outlaw event and helping Lee James out. Uh, The James Gang, white number 15, and a back marker. We were going between three and four, Lee was, and a back marker spun right in front of him. He had nowhere to go, and... At those kind of speeds, any kind of contact you make with a car, with the wall, you know, a sprint car, it's totaled. Yeah. And it just totaled that car.
1: Were you there the night that the uh, a car went out and hit the, a bunch of cars out in the parking lot? Were you there that night? I was there. Yeah. hmm Yeah, I think they hit a motorhome as well that night out there.
3: Well, there had been a number of cars go out of that track. Uh, but the worst was the, the USAC sprint car event there. Where Lee Koonsman was badly burned, uh, you had a number of guys that went out out of the track that night. The speeds were just incredible, and one of those cars that went out in the back stretch landed right in front of our vehicle. You know, people are
1: always blown away when I tell them this that in 1984, Bobby Davis Jr. set the track record there, 18. 18- 46, I think, was the the speed that it went around there. And, you know, in later years, back in the 90s, in the late 90s, um, our two-barrel cars, we were running 1640s around there in a modified. It's hard to believe that we were going two seconds faster than a sprint car on dirt around that place.
3: Yeah, I mean, I saw I-70 transition from asphalt too. It wasn't a very good
1: dirt track, was it?
3: Well, it was so high banked and it was so fast, and most drivers—it was rough too. Yeah, yeah, could be, and most drivers didn't like it because it was. The, I guess the the one thing they they would tell you that was a, it was kind of a trip was the speed. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, they didn't like it because if you did the slightest thing, you could easily total your car. Right, and it was hard on the engines. That track was hard on engines, yeah. and some events would come there before the Knoxville Nationals and guys were afraid to lose an engine, lose one of their better engines.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that place was, it just ate cars alive. I mean, have you ever known any other racetrack to eat more race cars than I-70 Speedway?
3: No, I mean, maybe a Winchester
1: or a Salem, maybe, maybe those two tracks, because they're, El, they're Eldora similar. Can, yeah. Eldora
3: can be hard, yeah. but uh, no, I-70, you know, you just really have to have, have to watch it back in the day because it was so fast. And just the slightest thing with another vehicle or with the wall and you've got a big loss.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it.
3: Um, so did you, you traveled up and down the road with, um, who did you travel with? Oh, I, you know, I didn't travel so much with teams. Uh, I was a professional engineering consultant and I traveled all over the United States on my job. And in turn, when I had an opportunity, I would check out a new racetrack mm-hmm. and that's how I, that's how I, uh, found Ascot park. In Gardena, California. Yeah. I was I was working a big project out there for three months in 1988. And I said, hey, I've got to go check this out. I've always heard about Ascot. What a great place. It was open four days a week. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I, I I went there on Saturday night for the CRA Sprint Cars on multiple occasions. And it was just, it was a track that was, I guess what amazed me was, you look out there and see palm trees. You see so many people. You see these great drivers that you'd always read about: right. Dean, Th- Dean Thompson, Jimmy Osky Right. On and on and on. And uh, Jimmy's
1: still around too.
3: Oh, Jimmy! Yeah. Yeah. We hung out some up at Knoxville this year. Uh, he comes back. He's always with Shane, isn't he? Shane Carson. Yeah. yeah, that's buddy. And that's that's my best story I can tell you about Ascot Park. Uh, Tell us. Our old buddy Shane Carson, and I tease him about this, but we've got got a character here in Kansas City named Leroy Bedingfield. Leroy worked for a big airlines in Kansas City, and he had the opportunity to travel when he wanted to. Well, he just thought the greatest place was Ascot Park. So he would fly out there for, you know, if World of Outlaws were there or he wanted to watch a big CRA race, he would would fly out there. Well, he would always go down and talk to Shane Carson. So Shane just thought, oh, he's he's an L.A. guy. And Shane often drove the Agajanian 98. Well, then Shane would venture out. He'd see Leroy at Lakeside Speedway. And he'd see Leroy at Knoxville. And it... It came a period of time that he found out, you know, Leroy actually lived in Kansas City. Yeah, he didn't live in
1: L.A. He didn't live in L.A. <laughs> right. And
3: so I still tease Shane about that. And old Leroy, when he comes to, he's, he's a non-wing guy. And he'll come to a race and he'll wear an old hat and it's got a non-wing sprint car on it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shane was pretty good, pretty damn good racer, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah. Yeah what's your best memory of shane carson racing
3: oh i think it would have to be with the bob Trossel car uh you know he had a lot of success with that uh of course he went out and won oh that high dollar event at eldora in the nichols car that time Mm -hmm. Uh, shane was pretty fearless wasn't he Yes, he was. Mm -hmm. Uh, Really a good guy. Uh, Still a great guy. Him and his wife, yes. Uh Mm -hmm. Really a good guy. He does so much for racing, and he helps out the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame so much. He organizes all those drivers to come in and do autographs during the Nationals. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of good memories of Shane. I mean, I saw Shane drive so much, Eldora, Lawton, Oklahoma. OKC, and of course his his father promoted uh, Oklahoma City there. That for was so a long. shame
1: when the, the, the fairgrounds they closed that racetrack. Yes, uh, that I really shame. I
3: really enjoyed opportunities to go there, yeah. see the big see the big cars, the hundred inch super modifieds, right, uh, World of Outlaws. Yeah, I was there on a number of occasions. We went down there. Yeah. Um, what about uh,
1: somebody like a Virgil Chapman? Tell me a little bit about Virgil.
3: Well, you know, I just know of his attributes. I I didn't remember Virgil very well. I mean, I when I was a little before your time, a little before my time. Now I would have, I I know I would have seen him race at Olympic and he was stuff. A great guy. Yeah, Junior Howard is kind of the same way. You know? Yeah, yeah. What about Junior? Do You got a story about Junior Howard? Uh, yes. My favorite story involves Speedy Bill Smith, and Speedy Bill Smith uh, has a carburetor up in his museum, and he's got the story on there about it. And Was that the one that was underneath the intake manifold? Yeah, it was the one that it was hidden, and it, it was a double-barrel carburetor. And that's back when you, you could have, like, a single barrel. And it was, it was a tricked-out carburetor, and he always knew. He came down to, he came down to win at Olympic Stadium. And, In the 4X car. Yes, and mm. he had heard about this Junior Hauer, and so he came down and he wanted to beat Junior Hauer. Well, Junior Hauer won, and Speedy Bill says, well, he's got to be cheating. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's got to be cheating. Well, one day he got a call from uh, old Freddie Vance from Independence, Oh, late Freddie Vance. Man, I know. It. Freddie was such a good guy. I love Freddie. And uh, Freddie says, hey, Bill, he says. Vance Wings uh-huh. back in the day. Vance Vance Wings. Right. And uh, Freddie told Bill, he says, hey, Bill, I found out how Junior Hire was beating you. And I found the carburetor, and I've got it and he says, "Well hey, can I have that and he says, "Sure, and it's in his museum it's now. in his museum, yeah. yeah, it's red, and it it tells on there what makes it illegal, you know, but uh, yeah, it's a good story, but wasn't it underneath the intake manifold? I believe it was it was somewhere there it was yeah, it yeah, was it was hidden. It was hidden. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Speedy Bill, man, they broke they broke the mold when they
3: uh, when Speedy Bill was born. What he was such a good guy. Him and his wife both were just really really good people. Yeah, and I got to know I got to know Speedy Bill. Uh, I got involved with the Big Car Racing Association, the BCRA, yeah, yeah. and that Hall of Fame is in the American Museum of Speed. And I was the Missouri representative for the BCRA. And so we would have an annual banquet up there and we'd work with them. We'd do a tour of the museum yeah. and we'd have our banquet on a Friday night. Yeah. And uh, it was a great event and I got to know the Smiths very well up there.
1: How about um, your memories of Riverside Stadium? Well, listen, I grew up going to Riverside. Yeah, well, I Riverside was the track for me. That's where I started racing in 1977, and there there, there wasn't much of a, a rougher crowd than there was at Riverside Stadium, was
3: there? No, there wasn't. They uh, would... uh, that was about as rough a rougher crowd as it that they ever came. Hey, the wives would fight in the stands. Oh, it was a rowdy crowd. We were there one time, Scott. We were there one time. And I don't want to mention names because I might get it wrong, but the driver that won the the driver that won the super modified race was down in Victory Lane getting his trophy. And I guess he may have had a little on-the-track deal with somebody. Yeah. And that guy's wife came down there and gave him the trophy. And I mean gave it to him. She took it from the trophy girl and he she gave it to the driver. And he didn't like, it didn't feel good where where he got it. Yeah. No, well,
1: all, all I could say is, is that back in the day, I remember many, many, many fights breaking up, breaking out in the grandstands. People just, you know, they were rooting for each other's drivers and they'd have words and right. they'd get into a fight. And, and, and Riverside was unique because they let you bring the cooler in. The cooler. Uh-huh. And that's where the problem started right there.
3: Yeah, it it was it was always a treat for me. Now my mom and dad were a little more laid back and a little more uh, oh, I guess you know conservative in nature, and that was a rough joint for them. They were just two school teachers. Yeah, and it was too rough for them. It was it was a little rough. Yeah, we we went over there for uh, you know a good midget race, super right. modified races. Now what my treat what made it one of my favorite tracks was the figure eight races.
1: Everybody stayed for the figure eight races at the end of the night, didn't they?
3: Well, yeah, except my dad. He my, didn't care much my for My Dad didn't care much for him, and my mom would make him stay because she knew how much it, it meant how much I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um how about Gene Geniton? Uh well, I'm good friends with Nina. I'm good friends with Steve, Ayrton's dad. Yeah. We we kind of grew up together around the tracks. Me and him and Alan Wright, Roger Wright's son, yeah. And Alan just lived a few blocks from me, and his sister was in my high school class. Um, we all kind of hung around at the tracks together. Uh, Gene uh, was an outstanding welder. I'm I'm told a very very mechanical genius, and. uh certainly one of the one of the best midget drivers i've ever seen you know you can put him up with the top one stan right. fox uh kenny schrader whoever you can put rich him right vogler, rich all... vogler yeah, yeah. Uh huh.
1: yeah yeah no doubt about it all right we're going to take another break when we come back we'll wrap up the show and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about when we come back you're watching mostly motorsports it's all brought to you by lucas oil products it works we'll be right back with more with dave tyson here on Mostly Motorsports.
0: You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer. There is less than one hundredth of an inch of motor oil protecting your car's engine You're listening to Mostly Motorsports with Scott Trailer.
1: Welcome back to Mostly Motorsports. I'm Scott Trailer. Dave Tyson joining us in the studio today. We're talking about the old timers.
3: We just had a caller call in and ask about Carl Williams. What do you know about Carl? Carl Williams, uh, the best of my knowledge, no relation to Tiger Bob Williams. Right. Uh, Carl Williams was right up there with. The best racing drivers from Kansas City in history. Yeah. He drove in, well, he was a... What's gr- some of his
1: accomplishments?
3: Multiple Indy 500 races he, he drove in. Became a became a very well-established Indy car driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, very outstanding USAC sprint car driver. Mm. And, you know, he grew up right into Kansas City, you know, Olympic Stadium, Lakeside all of all the local tracks right went to knoxville uh but then he got pretty pretty quickly got into usac and uh earned himself a very very well-known reputation you know one of the guys that doesn't get a lot of uh
1: uh, recognition that was from this area boo boo badami yes he was uh wasn't he a four-time usac midget champion i
3: think he was Oh, I, I don't know. Was it even Usac back then?
1: I, it might not have been Usac. I think back that's then.
3: maybe he was a little before Usac. Yeah, uh,
1: he raced in the forties, didn't he? Yes. Yeah,
3: and he was one of the ones I believe I mentioned W.W. Uh, w. Cockeyed Brown, who was a great engineer, who was a early in his days was a driver in Kansas City, but then became a well known car car owner, mm. and. Uh, I was got to be familiar with him this summer in that I was contacted out of the blue by a Dr. John Bakke mm. in Texas, who's a historian and used to live in Kansas City, and he's writing a book on W.W. W. Cockeyed Brown. Oh wow! But when that? when Cockeyed Brown and he was all over Olympic and all, he was a national driver too, and right. he he had national races. Uh, he would his drivers ran, but I believe Boo Boo uh, drove for Cockeyed Brown. A number of very well-known Hall of Fame-level drivers drove for Cockeyed Brown. Hmm. How about that?
1: Well, let's talk a little bit about the Central Auto Racing Boosters Hall of Fame. Um, a lot of great in, in, inductees in, in in the early years. Back in the day, um, I was a part of the uh, the voting committee on that. Uh, on that panel and those were some of my favorite years Uh, it was a lot of fun doing bringing in some of the old timers and getting them into the Hall of Fame
3: yes and I believe the first year we took in 15 inductees and we have we have two levels we have uh, just a regular class we also have a pioneer class and every five years we induct four pioneers and and the pioneer class is 1952 and before, mm. and I enjoy doing research on drivers, mechanics, car builders, uh, back in the back in the early days, and trying to, to make sure that we don't forget somebody. Right. And uh, I discovered I discovered something somebody here in research, and I'm going to work on bringing him up to the national sprint car hall of fame but it was an old driver named frank elliott frank was from mirable missouri which is just up northeast of here yeah and frank was one of the great board track drivers mm. he had numerous track records numerous board wins uh,
1: That was dangerous stuff back in those days, wasn't it?
3: Yes, it was. Yeah, That's where a lot of times there was a driver killed almost every race. Right. Well, Frank Elliott not only was an outstanding driver, he drove for Harry Miller. Mm. And then he became one of the closest friends with Harry Miller. And he helped. uh, and, And Frank Elliott was kind of a mechanical genius. And he worked with Harry Miller and the race team even after he got out of the car. And he was the crew chief on, uh, I know, at least one Indy 500 winner back in the day. Hmm. How about that? Um, you're, did, did you go
1: to, uh, down to Marshall, and did you run, go to Sede quite a bit when you were young?
3: Yes. Uh, I, I went to Marshall, started out Sportsman Speedway. Yeah. later known as Saline County Speedway. Right. And I even went to college one year down in Marshall. Oh, wow. Played basketball and ran track at Missouri Valley College there in Marshall. Wow. Uh, that track closed in like 1982 or 84, and I was going – 84, I believe, and I was going up there right to the end.
1: I won a demolition derby there in 1981
3: back in the day. Oh, yeah. They had – they had great events and great concessions maybe the best food i've ever had at a racetrack
1: yeah man it's kind of sad just to see the old uh
3: sedalia racetrack just sit there and go to waste isn't it yes it is uh, i have i've got some numbers and i didn't write them down but i can tell you they have to pay sixty eight hundred dollars to lease the facility and then they have to pay $1,500, 1500 for track maintenance. Mm. Well, then you look at all the other things that may have, you may have to take care of as a track promoter. Right. Insurance, your help. Yeah. And you don't get the concessions. Right. The That's... state of Missouri has a separate contract for running concessions there. So if, I, if they would give up the concessions to one of the promoters to run that place,
1: I think they could run it weekly, couldn't
3: they? I, I think you could. Yeah. but I, I've actually put pen to paper, and for, for a normal show, I don't think you can charge more than $15 dollars. And I have figured up that you would have to sell at least at least 700 tickets to start getting in the area of ballpark and breaking even breaking even yeah
1: but you know the the downfall to sedalia to in my eyes was when central missouri speedway came in t- in la raceway it's la raceway yeah. and they started racing down there that kind of took away from sedalia yeah would uh-huh. you agree with me on that yeah i would uh-huh yeah yeah
3: um uh, but yeah they ran you know and our friend bob baker promoted there he he did it better than anybody I would say so.
1: Yeah, yeah. Bob is so good at whatever he does.
3: Now it, it brings up the old uh, issue of fair boards. Uh, you know, at one time Knoxville had a real problem with the fair board. Yeah. And they still do sometimes. Sometimes, but you know what? Not they, as often. They have really got it in their head, and they've got they've got it in the head of the town townspeople mm-hmm. that. That town is kind of make it or break it on the racing, yeah. And all the money it brings in. I like
1: their new hire with Jason Reed.
3: I do too. Yeah, he's a Knoxville, Knoxville guy. He's, he's a real Knoxville guy. Yeah. yeah, And he he grew up there. He's got a farming background. A lot of people know him. A lot of people like him. He's got
1: a relationship with all the fair board members as well, because he's been around forever. Uh huh. Right. So I think since, that was since a good he hire. was
3: a since he was a kid they're showing you know. His, his uh He started out as a volunteer.
1: Yeah. When he was fourteen years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: And uh yeah, no everything I hear, I have a lot of people I know connected with Knoxville and I hear nothing but good things. And they said it'll be successful unless he just falls on his face somehow. That they don't they don't project seeing that. He's uh he's got a good uh reputation over at three M. He yeah. works at 3 a.m. as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And, and he's a leader over there as well. He's in charge of over 60 people Yes, at his job. Uh-huh. So he, he's a natural leader, and I think that's going to be good for him up there at the, the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Um, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit and, and, and talk about the museum that they have over there for the Central Auto Racing Boosters, the Hall of Fame.
3: Well, we are located in the Kansas City Automotive Museum at 15095 West 116th Street in Olathe, Kansas. And we're in the southwest corner of the museum. And the museum people say that our uh, CARB Hall of Fame Museum is, our section of the museum is probably the most popular, that the people that come through there spend the most time in the racing exhibits. Mm. And we we have two cars in there right now. We have um, we have one of Ray Boyles, Ray and San, the late Sandy Boyles. One of their midgets is in there, uh, number seven. And then uh, we have the custom, motive, auto, Ray, custom Ray, motive special.
1: Ray's such a good guy.
3: Oh, he's, he's great. And yeah. I, I go over and periodically sit down and chat with him to stay up. And he's doing well. He's kind of getting over the loss of Sandy, but he knows she's in a better place. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, we have another one. is an old 1948 uh, non-caged sprint car that raced AAA, IMCA, and USAC. And uh, it's called the Custom Motive Special. And uh, it's owned by Dennis Bell of Richmond, Missouri. And I ran across him. uh, It actually has raced vintage races, too. And it is in there, and it's just a beautiful car. Yeah. Uh, And I also might mention that uh, one of our board members on the CARB Hall of Fame is Brian Jackson. And one of his cars right now is being featured in the National Sprint Car Hall of Fame and Museum. Uh, It's the old John Lane. Well, it's the West Farron was the driver. And it's a John Lane Restored number three sprinter uh non-caged and uh, it's black with gold trim and oh, wow. has lane machine works on it how about I, I think
1: i saw bobby lane pull out his old modified out of the weeds the other day did you see that
3: uh, yeah i I believe i did you know and bobby i think has announced his retirement is he gonna retire he's gonna retire yeah he he had a been doing it a long time well and he really got his bell rung down at uh lake ozark when he hit the wall down there yeah he 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 got his bell rung pretty bad driving for ron wheeler
1: at lakeside speedway flipped out there one time in a modified
3: well bobby has raced so long that you're gonna have some of those right yeah but uh he's raced everything yeah and yeah he's he's been running a 1200 lately uh-huh yeah yeah uh He's still successful, but I think he's, he's wanting to make sure he stays, uh, stays upright.
1: Yeah, right. I, I, I don't blame him. He, Bobby has to be what? How old is he now? 60-something.
3: Uh, yeah, because yeah. he's raced over 50 years.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Well, listen, uh, again, tell everybody the address, again, where the, the uh, Central Auto Racing Boosters Hall of Fame is.
3: Yes, we're located in the Kansas City Automotive Museum, which is at 15095 West 106th Street in Olathe, Kansas. And you would almost think it was Lenexa. It's right on the frontage road there when you first come into Lenexa and you get off there like 119th Street. You turn left and go over the bridge and you take the first frontage road left and just go down to 106 Street, like three blocks, and uh, you'll see it. It's a big, big building, yes. Kansas City Automotive Museum. So what is your fondest memory of anything that you did in
1: motorsports?
3: Well, I guess it would probably be uh, two things, probably. All the travels, I've been to over, I know 26 states at least, that I've seen racing. I've been, I saw a race in Alaska. Oh, wow, how about I w- that? I was working up there. I saw a sprint car race, Soldatna, Alaska. And uh, I've been to over, over half the states to see racing and I never drove. So uh, that's one of them. The other thing is just working with the CARB Hall of Fame and Museum and trying to get people into the Hall of Fame that are deserving.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of well-deserved people that need to be in there.
3: Drivers, owners, mechanics, builders, flagmen, photographers. There's yeah, so many that have done so much.
1: Right, no doubt about it. Well, Dave, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us here on Mostly Motorsports Today. All right, there you have it. Um, Dave Tyson um i i'm I'm pretty sure that we've lost dave um i i i hate to say that without confirmation from a family but um pretty sure that uh, dave tyson has passed away what a great racing historian uh just knew so much about the kansas city area and the community of racing here um kirk it's uh it's not much fun when you have to talk about a, losing a friend. And Dave Tyson was a, a great guy and a great ambassador to motorsports, wasn't he?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just – and, boy, we feel blessed to have done that show. You you did a great job uh, with Dave and what a tribute to him to hear all those stories that right. – uh, d- Dave's long experience of going to races all over the country. Well,
1: it, unfortunately – um, we, we hate to uh, share the news that, um, again, we haven't got confirmation from, from the family, but I think there's enough people posting up about Dave Tyson's passing to believe that he has passed away. So um, we're, we're just going to wrap up the show with saying that our thoughts and prayers with Dave's family, his, his son, uh great people and great ambassadors to motorsports, Kirk, do you want to add anything to it at all?
2: Uh, no, I think uh I think that's in the in the days to come we'll uh you know we'll recall more stories about Dave and you know you gotta say that uh he's gonna be a member of the carb Hall of Fame
1: oh there's no question he will be yeah um, and maybe we can get Ray on one day, yeah to talk about dave uh, i i know this has got to be really tough on ray right now so uh, yeah and
2: i i I had such a great time of hanging out with dave at the races yeah you know, went to a few you know sat with him at a few races this past season right and uh just a just a great guy and a friend of many he was just such a, a easy guy to get to know very approachable right. and he had many many friends out there and uh, boy and you know, my prayers are with the family right now.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we're gonna we're gonna shut it down uh again. Um the passing of Dave Tyson. We we're sad to say that uh we believe it's true that he has passed away. Um he was such a great guy, such a great ambassador to motorsports here in the Kansas City area. We're gonna miss him. And um we hope that you enjoyed watching that interview that we did on November seventeenth with Dave. He's sat in the studio with us here talking about the old, time, uh, old times around Kansas City area. So thanks again for tuning in. It's all been brought to you by, most, uh, by Lucas Oil Products. It works. For Kirk Elliott, I'm Scott Trailer. We'll see you tomorrow. Steve Post is going to join us tomorrow on Mostly Motorsports. We'll see you then.